Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. Dr. Paul White, welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. So happy to have you on today. Thank you so much. And I was just chatting with you. Coincidentally, we're in the same town and did, and, I, and we didn't even know it until minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> and that, that happens in larger cities, but that's <laughs> often here. So, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so happy to have you on. You know, in the last couple of podcasts, we've really been talking about mindset, you know, as we look at the world and I'm not trying to uh, magnify or to highlight this too much. But as we look into the world, we see lots of division. I think I can say that. And that would be a fairly well ex- or easily accepted thing uh, when we look at social media, when we look at the media in general, um, when we just look at politics and the world and vaccines and not vaccines and healthcare and it just all of it seems like that there's these divides. And a lot of your work is really kind of, I would say, counteracting that. To a large degree. So tell us a little bit about Dr. Paul White, what you've done, and, and then kind of let's step sure. in from there. Sure. So uh, I'm trained as a psychologist, and for the first part of my career, and, and you know, sort of trail into just recently, I've evaluated students that have learning difficulties, so ADHD oh. and dyslexia uh-huh. and that kind of stuff. And then uh, about mid career, sort of 15 years ago or so, uh, I grew up in the context of a family owned business and mm-hmm. some friends who were business consultants knew about that and kept running into family issues. And so mm. for a number of years, I traveled around the country working with uh, successful family businesses uh, and families, wealthy families, dealing with the family issues of working together mm-hmm. and largely around business succession and wealth transfer and how to do that without blowing up the family. Right. And through some interactions there, I was working with a company in North Carolina talking to the dad saying, you know, how's the plan going, the transition? He said, it's going well, my son's stepping up and I think it'll work. Uh, go across the hall, ask the son the same question. He says, this is a disaster, it's never gonna <laughs> work. I can't ever please my dad. Right. And, and my wife and I were reading the five love languages at that time. And I thought, mm. you know, I wonder if this could help in, in workplace relationships. So I pursued Dr. Chapman for uh, about a year and finally got to meet with him and pitched the idea and developed an online assessment uh, to identify how everybody likes to be shown appreciation at work because it's mm-hmm. sort of a weird conversation to have, you know, right. just to ask somebody. Then developed some training materials and wrote the book, 
came out originally 2011. We updated in 2019, and uh, mm -hmm. fortunate it's done well. It's sold over 500,000 copies, and mm -hmm. uh, it's in 25 languages and all that. And so now I work with organizations and speak and do training around how to communicate authentic appreciation to one another in the ways that are meaningful to the recipient. So. Mm. And and how, how are we defining or how are you defining, I guess, authentic appreciation? Because it seems like that authentic is, you know, you're not saying how do you appreciate people? It's how yeah. do you appreciate them authentically? So what's that mean? Well, it's partly to differentiate between employee recognition programs, because a lot of people hear appreciation, ah. they sort of go yeah. straight to employee recognition, which, is, you know, is a good thing when it's done right, but it's largely about performance recognition is. And we believe that appreciation goes beyond that, that people have value uh, beyond what they produce or what they do. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. how to communicate appreciation authentically. And part of that is that it is authentic and that it's also perceived as authentic because there's things that we can do that, you know, get in the way of the message. So right. uh, helping people do that. And a key part also for us is that it's not just for leaders. It's not just for managers mm -hmm. and supervisors, but we found mm -hmm. that it really works best if team members learn how to communicate appreciation to one another and, and then take it and run with it that way. And I've got to imagine this also expands out into the world, you know, the, the greater world. If we learn these techniques, we get to appreciate our families. We appreciate our friends. I mean, I think it, once you're in the appreciation bubble, it seems like that it would probably be good to like expand that beyond just the people I work with. Right. Yeah, but it, that's really sort of where the five love languages apply because mm -hmm. they really mm -hmm. are about personal relationships and Got family it. relationships and all Got that. It. So that that's sort of- Got that, it, that space. Yeah, that space, yeah. Yeah, okay. And so let's run through those, um, if you don't mind, the the actual, the, the five love languages at work. Yeah. yeah. So- well, um, Sorry, not love languages, the five appreciation languages. Well, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're the same in name as the five love languages, but they look different. In okay. So okay. words of affirmation is the first one. And that's uh, actually, we, you know, had 350,000 people take. So we have some good data. 46% of uh, the workforce choose words as their primary language. So okay. a lot of people, but it's less than half. Mm -hmm. um, so if you only use words, you sort of miss a lot of people. And mm -hmm. it's basically words that are affirming. I mean, you're saying what you value about the other person either what they've done or character that they've demonstrated that they're reliable or trustworthy or, you mm -hmm. know, don't, aren't dramatic <laughs> in mm -hmm. situations. So, and it can be oral, you know, or it can be written um, mm -hmm. text, email and all that kind of stuff. Handwritten notes sort of, you know, from the boomer generation, that was how we were taught to say thanks and all that. But for younger generations, uh, and we've done research along the way, identified that you know, especially 20 something guys don't give a rip about a handwritten note. It's huh. more about the speed that you get back to them, you know, oh, than okay, yeah. 24, 48 hours. Got it. Second language is quality time. And that's 26% of the workforce. Um, and it, that actually breaks out sort of generationally as well. In, in the old days, people wanted to get time with their supervisor or their manager and either to share things, observations or learn or whatever. And that's still true to some case, but younger employees really value peer relationships. And so I tell mm. leaders, especially older leaders, just because you have a team member who has quality time as a language doesn't mean they want time with you. You. And <laughs> and right. It's not them. It's you. Yeah. And <laughs> right. so, you know, younger employees like to, you know, get together, hang out for lunch, go out after work, mm -hmm. maybe get together, watch sports together on the weekends, that kind of thing. 
So it's more peer to peer. So it's people that they actually work with day in, day out, not necessarily, they don't want to hang out with their boss necessarily. You got it. They want to hang out with the people that they're kind of arm in arm with, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, acts of service is the third language. And Uh it's not rescuing a low performing colleague. It's really those sort of practical things that you can do to help a day and person's day or week go better. And probably the best example is when you're working on a time pressured project and you're, you know, working hard, banging away at it, what's something that somebody can do to help move that along for you, whether that's mm-hmm. run interference as far as not being interrupted or phone calls or whatever, or maybe do some small tasks that help you be able to stay focused on the larger mm-hmm. project at hand. 21% of the workforce mm-hmm. have that. So about one out of every five people. Mm-hmm. It's an important to distinguish because these are people that often sort of live by the mantra that, you know, words are cheap. Don't tell me, right. care and support me, show me. Show me, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I had a CEO, he said, my language is get her done. He said, don't give me stuff, don't tell me stuff. <laughs> stuff done. So uh, it's important. And, and there's different rules or sort of guidelines for each of these. I mean, you need to ask uh, mm-hmm. what would be helpful versus assume. Uh, oh, gotcha. You know what, you know, and you need to do it in their way versus sort of teaching them, trying to teach them a new or better way, which is your way. Uh, how to do stuff. Hmm. So, um, uh, and and it's amazing for each of these, one of the things that we found is that just having the language right is helpful, but it's really not sufficient. You need to get the specific action correct hmm. as well. And gotcha. so in, in our inventory, we have identified people's primary and secondary language of appreciation, but then let them pick the specific actions that are important to them and from whom they want those. Because you like, you know, quality time, they want to hang out with their colleagues, but right. not their supervisor. Got it. Fourth, fourth language is tangible gifts, which is not bonuses, raises, you know, vacations to Hawaii or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really sort of, you know, in the, in the employment contract, it's really small things that show that you're getting to know the other person and what mm-hmm. they like. We really talk about appreciation being person to person. It's not mm-hmm. driven by the organizational chart. It can go in any direction, go from the receptionist to a, a vice president, from maybe somebody in accounting to somebody in IT that helped mm-hmm. their computer work. So it's not just that top-down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a tangible gift could be bringing in their favorite cup of coffee. Right. That's um, what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Bring a, a snack, that, you know, they like mm-hmm. maybe, you know, you find out a hobby, they're starting to coach their kid's soccer team. And so you get them um, a magazine or maybe, you know, you find a, a, a website that you can shoot them that, you know, gives them information about that. Or, or if they're, you know, holiday cooking, you know, mm-hmm. and, and simple recipes. So it, it's not a big monetary value. In fact, you know, in the military and in the government agencies, they're not allowed to give monetary gifts above like right. 10 bucks. So you right. can find something else. And right. that's interesting. That's only 6% of right. uh, the population. Whereas re- recognition and reward programs really focus on that reward stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem is it's usually pretty impersonal. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. used to be a, a mug with little candies <laughs> in it and a pen, you know, <laughs> right. and uh, fortunately, I think we finally moved past that phase, but, uh, but swag wear from the, the, mm-hmm. the place, which again, I worked with a major international beverage company and the, and the people said, you know, I feel like I'm a walking billboard. I mean, the only right. thing they got was logo wear you know right so, makes sense so that can go bad 
right. then the last one that people always wonder about is physical touch. <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah. I was waiting for it. There you go. I knew it was, yeah. I knew it was in there, but I said, well, maybe they rephrased it. But yeah. And we're down. I'm doing the percentages. That's got to be fairly low because it's... Yeah, it's like just about 1%. 1%. Yeah. And, um, and oh. it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, Dr. Chapman and I talked about it. Do we want to even include it? And we've, we right. decided to for two reasons. One, we didn't want to advocate a touchless society, even in the workplace, because there's times for appropriate physical touch in different situations and relationships. When somebody's, you know, lost a relative or, right. had, you know, found out their teenagers went a wreck or, you know, right. could be yeah. lots of things. The second thing is that it, it happens and largely it happens uh, in spontaneous celebration, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a high five. When you oh, finish right. a project, it's a fist bump. When you solve a problem, mm -hmm. maybe a congratulatory handshake when you make a big sale. So it's not huge, but it is big in that there are different subcultures. I mean, our Hispanic and Latin friends are far more mm -hmm. physical in, in mm -hmm. their relationships. And so to not touch at all, because, you know, they'll greet with a kiss on the cheek uh, mm -hmm. in some places. Um and so in our stuff is in multiple languages and cultures. And so mm -hmm. we didn't want to rule it out. Totally. So gotcha. it, it's there. Hmm. And very interesting. And so, and I guess give us some success stories um, and feel free to give us any crash and burn stories, but give us some success stories around, you know, how this is, how you've been able to use this effectively uh, with people in an organization. Yeah. So first, let me state that, you know, what's happened over time, because we've been doing this about 12 years now mm -hmm. is we've grown into, I mean, we work with government agencies, we work with a lot of hospitals and medical places, mm. public schools, uh, manufacturing firms, financial places, uh, pretty much anything you can think of. We, we haven't done a prison yet that I know of, I mean, <laughs> although we've done courts, but but we have a, uh, an article written about us in the New York Times, uh, and maybe we can, you know, get mm. a link to that to put on. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Put in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was about one of our clients that, that are miners and they crush rock and that kind of stuff out of South Dakota and Colorado. And, you know, you would sort of originally we thought, you know, I'm not sure about some of the tough guy kind of right. um, industries, but law enforcement. And then, so anyway, this mining company, we, I went in and I, I trained uh, and, and talked to all the supervisors about it, you know, and there was skepticism, and all that. <laughs> but, but when they, we worked it out, I mean, it is about being authentic. It's not just about going through the motions. I tell people, right. I'm not here to teach you how to look like you show appreciation. And if you don't appreciate somebody or value somebody, don't fake it. I mean, it's not going to go well. So we can deal with that. But these guys adopted it. They uh, worked with their leadership that they created. We have symbols for each of the languages, visual symbols. Mm -hmm. They got stickers that they put on their helmets Oh, wow. uh, to identify. And it's actually sort of a badge of honor because you have to be there at least, I don't know if it's three or six months, you have to be past probation before you can go through the program and, and do it. So it's pretty fun and cool that way. Hmm. I used to train on the, the disc profile system. Okay. So I learned it and then I became a trainer and all that fun stuff. But, uh, you know, I had sometimes when I was training that people were like, well, isn't that manipulative that you're, you know, you're kind of trying to manipulate people because you're using something to to get them to do leverage or do something else and i was always like no it's more like um i'm if i'm gonna if i'm a tourist and i'm visiting france maybe if i learned french before i got there people would be more receptive because i could communicate with them and i think right. that's the same thing here this isn't about how do you manipulate people to get what you want 
It's actually how do you connect with people, right? And have a, a have as I say to my son who's seven on the talker soccer game. I said, you know, it takes teamwork to make the, and he always says, dream work, right? And so, right. So a big part of this in my mind, or and the way I'm, and I've had some exposure to your work. So, is that it just creates a better sense of community, a better sense of team. Absolutely. Yeah, and, I think, and it, well, go ahead. one of the things is that we have to work at sometimes is we have to say a core asset, we just determine sort of core uh, factors that help communicate authentic appreciation. And one of them is that uh, you need to communicate in the language and actions that are important to the recipient. Right. Okay, so a lot of people, you know, our natural reaction is to sort of, if we like words, we're going to give words or if we like right. time or go check and see how people are. But that's why we work with teams and have printouts and, and charts and all that so they can look up and see what actions uh, people like so that you do it. So, it, and part of it is a very efficiency kind of thing. You don't want to be doing things that don't matter to the other person. Right. It's a waste right. of your time and energy and it doesn't hit the mark. And it sort of feels weird after all, if you just keep doing that, you know? <laughs> and so we want to help people um do what they're already doing or almost doing and tweak it a little bit. I mean, one of the biggest arguments against using our stuff is, you know, saying, well, we're busy, you know, when are we going to do mm -hmm. this? Well, yeah. everybody's busy. I got it. You know, and that's actually, I think been part of the success is that we were able to develop the model that we're not, we don't create another to-do list for anybody. We're mm -hmm. just teaching them how to do it more efficiently in sort of their daily interactions. And so that it's uh, impactful. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of meeting their meeting people where they're at, and again, probably getting better overall again synergy teamwork, so that when problems do come up, it's a little easier to bring them to the surface than just, you know, I've seen cultures, company cultures, where things just get buried because nobody wants to upset the apple cart, so to speak, or nobody wants their boss to come down. You know, I think it's just you know creating trust, like Lencioni's pyramid of trust, right? You gotta you gotta have that trust as the as the base model, otherwise. Your, your team's not going to work, right? There won't be the, tr the trust in it. So how do you get people to communicate within that? What are you seeing kind of in today's employees, employers, you know, it's a, it's an interesting time. I'll just put it, it that way. It's, so what, what are you, what are you, I'll just leave that way open-ended. How, yeah, how, 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 what are you seeing? How are you experiencing that? And then with the, you know, within the construct of the companies or the people yeah. that you work with? Well, let me first say that uh, I mean, some people say, you know, we pay them. That's our appreciation. That, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's not the companies yeah. typically that are bringing in culture people or exactly. wanting to write, right. right, be a better. But, but I say, you know, we're not, the goal isn't just to make people feel good or feel happy. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, if that happens, that's fine. But we've got lots of research. And in fact, in our book, you know, the five languages of appreciation in the workplace, we have a chapter, sort of the ROI of appreciation. We have 50 cite research citations that show that when team members truly feel valued and appreciated. Uh, absenteeism goes down, tardiness goes down, uh, staff turnover uh, goes down, productivity goes up, profitability goes up, customer uh, service ratings go up. So I, I talk about it being sort of the oil in, in the machine of a business that helps things work together and move together better to get things done, to accomplish your mission, rather than not having it stuck friction mm -hmm. heat sparks all that so so that's one side of it is that we're there to help you know the organization function better mm -hmm. what's interesting about our culture and sort of some things that we're learning is you know there 
is an element of some of the younger workers or less experienced workers, but usually younger, that seem to have what I would consider unrealistic expectations for work, mm-hmm. that they're going to get their meaning and life purpose out of it, that it's ultimately going to sort of use all of who they are and you know be deeply meaningful. You know, in most careers, you start out at the bottom and the bottom Mm -hmm. isn't that meaningful (laughs) or enjoyable. I mean, you have to work your way up. And so Mm -hmm. there's a tension about that. And and there's also sort of an environment about needing to be commended, appreciated, whatever, frequently or about a lot of small stuff. I mean, I sort of tease, this is not that we're going to throw a parade that, you know, Sandy showed up for work today. It's like, woo-hoo, right. you know, right. but, yeah. but the flip side of it is, is that clearly we know that people stay at workplaces longer when they feel valued and are mm-hmm. connected to colleagues and that, and better results happen. So there's a tension there and, and we're, you know, you sort of have to work it out and individuals have to work it out about what's realistic here. And, and but a key part, really, I mean, I think for leaders, one is that it's not all the responsibility of leaders, supervisors, managers to do this, that they just don't have the time and the bandwidth. And so the key is to teach the team members how to communicate appreciation and that, you know, and you've got to do it in the ways that are meaningful to, to each person. And so you individualize it and personalize it. And that's mm-hmm. really where sort of a lot of the value comes from. And, you know, what we've noticed, um, so I'm in the healthcare space and, you know, what we noticed that was when wages were going up, you know, people would leave for a dollar or two more an hour. And, and I get that. I mean, people have to pay bills and every, you know, we have to pay bills, but what we noticed, you know, within a four to six month period of time after that, is we started to see people come back because of, of the things that you're talking about, we are very heavy in the culture side of our business. And we really appreciate the people that work there. And and we try to shine light on people that are doing good stuff within our organization, no matter what level of the organization they're at. And so we did see that at at the, I won't say at the end of the day, but through that process, there were multiple people that came back to our organization because they found that working for two or $3 more an hour sounded good, but in reality, it was more stressful it was more sporadic, you know, they, they weren't able to, they never felt part of the team, right? And so they came back because they wanted that stability of being in a team of people that they knew that cared about them, that they cared about. So, you know, even in the short term, if it's, we lose, you know, we, we have that dynamic going on. I think ultimately, like anything, it's right, you stay the test of time with what, with good intentions and with, and with good uh, actions. Yeah, I mean, a a variation on that is that uh, MIT, the Sloan School of Business, did research sort of end of last year, beginning of this year, and found that in the great resignation, which was Uh really big in the medical world, that over 10 times the number of employees cited the reason they were leaving was a culture issue as opposed Mm -hmm. to compensation. Right. Um, And there's other research shows most managers, business leaders think people leave for more money. Right. Uh, when when the employees themselves say they're not leaving because of more money, they may get more money, but right. that's not the reason they're uh, leaving because they don't feel valued. In fact, Boston Consulting Group did research, global research, 200,000 employees and found that the number one contributing factor to people enjoying their work was 
feeling valued and appreciated by their colleagues. Mm -hmm. So it's important. So it's important stuff, right? It is. It's, yeah. it's important stuff because today's work world is not the work world of even 10 years or 15, let alone 30 or 40 years ago, right? I mean, right, where, right. where the mentality was, you get paid and that is my, you know, that is the appreciation, right? You yep, get a check exactly. and that's, and I, I kind of straddle that fence. I'm still, you know, in work, in the workforce. So I kind of remember those times, but now it's like, oh yeah, there's this, there's this yeah. shift. And, and if it was just about the money, then we would, you know, everybody got appreciated through money, then it would be super easy, but, but it'd be also super shallow, right? We wouldn't right. really be connecting with people. It'd just be so, totally transactional. So um, what do you think are the biggest mistakes that companies make in this area, just other than just flat out doing nothing, but kind of what are, what, what have you seen that didn't really work well for companies? Well, first of all, that they, they, you know, equate employee recognition with appreciation. Okay. And, and actually we found that the two work together really well. I mean, that you want to recognize and reward people for doing the right things and achieving goals. And so if you set up your recognition program to track those and then reward those consistently, that, that works. But what, what we found is that employee recognition only talk, touches about the top 10 to 15% of any workforce. So mm. you got a big middle group, 50 to 60%, right. good people showing up, doing their job, right. but they don't hear anything. Right. And another piece of research showed that 79% of the people who leave work Side of lack of appreciation is one of the key factors. So mm. you're really at risk for losing those people. Mm -hmm. And so if you combine recognition with appreciation around the person, then you're hitting both and, mm -hmm. and really helping things go well. So that's one. The, the other mistake people make is, you know, it's like anything in behavior change, you know, a one and done seminar just doesn't get it done, right? You've right. got right. to gotta be committed to it as an organization and provide time for training and you know i talk about changing culture really requires visual symbols and that's partly why mm -hmm. we do it i mean if you think about culture you know whether it's sports or whatever mm -hmm. and you have emblems and all that but it's both a combination of structure and spontaneity uh, that mm -hmm. if you just want to wait for it to be spontaneous that'll go for a while but it you know it sort of you know, mm -hmm. middles off, you know, right. the, yep. the flip side of it, if it's only structure, it feels just pretty objective and mechanical, and, right. but you, but you want to build it into your existing structure. You don't want to build more meetings. Nobody needs more meetings typically, right. But you, you take, you know, the 15 minutes in the middle of a meeting or at the beginning, mm -hmm. not the end to sort of, you know, call forth, you know, Hey, what people seen that's been positive or, you know, that you want to communicate appreciation to somebody and so you build it into the structure and then and then also provide the flexibility for people to be spontaneous but i may have had groups that have made t-shirts mm -hmm. uh, around the languages or they've actually created little card stations mm -hmm. where people can go and get a card and write something I had one group guy wrote a song about it you know so just to be able to take it part of your culture it it, it gives it life Oh, that's really cool. And so is this, you talked about you a survey. Do you still have that survey up? Is it online somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Motivating okay. by Appreciation Inventory. Okay. There's actually a code that comes in the back of the book to take mm -hmm. our basic version. Mm -hmm. uh, but our main website is appreciation at work. And it's the word at, not the at side, appreciation at work.com. Work. Okay. And there's a, there's a section about assessment and you can buy groups of codes uh, for mm -hmm. your team. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've created special versions for different settings, medical settings, because in active mm -hmm. service 
for a, a nurse on the floor is different than an active service for a school teacher right or somebody in the trades we have a trades version you know an active service would be like you know helping clean up the the the, the project site at the end of the right. day right 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 and so yeah and so we sell those and like i said i mean 350,000 people have taken it it's in mm -hmm. seven languages spanish chinese french and others so mm -hmm. it, it's it, it's fun to see and yeah, we're doing research all the time. I mean, we just did some research comparing whether the frequency of people choosing different appreciation languages differs according to their industry. So, oh, like mm -hmm. in the trades, then you know most of this is pretty logical. Access services is higher than, mm -hmm. than in a traditional business setting. Mm -hmm. And I guess what was the most I guess shocking, revealing, surprising thing that you found through all of these? I mean, you know, some, when you're looking at data, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then there's something you're like, okay, what, what, what's this, right? So what, of, of all of those people that have taken that survey, what was surprising to you? Well, this is sort of, it's, it's out there a little bit, but, you know, we have intervet national versions and yeah. we have a, a fair number of people in Singapore, uh, which uh -huh. is in Southeast Asia, take it. And mm -hmm. their language that people, most people choose is acts of service. Mm -hmm. And the cultural reason for that is because it's a, you know, densely populated right. country right. and helping people progress in their career is, is really viewed highly. So sort of, you know, helping a colleague out look good and so forth, um, which is interesting. One of, I guess one of the most fascinating things right. is that over 12 years, the, and we, you know, compared different timeframes of that, mm -hmm. even pre-COVID, post-COVID the uh words is almost 45 46 percent of the population just day in day out and mm -hmm. there's no gender difference at all i mean they are just dead on like mm -hmm. uh, you know a 0.5 percent difference and just the stability of that has been intriguing to me right that we even though time changes human human nature doesn't necessarily or it doesn't in this scope of time right yeah. having said that remote workers do, mm -hmm. even though they still choose words the most that comes down and quality time goes up, which would make sense because mm -hmm. they're not around people. Mm -hmm. And similarly for employees under 30 words comes down and quality time goes up. They're still mm -hmm. one and two that way, but you know, it's moving right. in that direction. Yeah. More balance. And so the best way to find out more about this work and other work you do is that uh, motivate motivation at work, appreciation at work, appreciation at work.com. Yep appreciationatwork.com and you can see the other stuff you do but it's just amazing stuff you know that's you know a large part of what we do on the show is just bring on experts in different fields but the one th common thread is that all of them are doing good work in the world to kind of offset or counteract um, negativity and you know the you know i think there's pervasive loneliness there's pervasive uh division uh, right now and and some of it's you know obviously greater in some lives than others but things like this that kind of bring us back together right we we need yeah. to kind of come back to community come back to tribe that's where we feel safest maslow's hierarchy of needs right we feel safest in these tribes and we feel and a lot of times your tribe is at work right because that's where you spend the bulk of your life is at work yep. Yep. and so having that feel and and what we're talking about here these these ways to make people feel appreciated also i'm sure makes them feel safe and that safety again makes them feel more connected to others. So we need to continue to to spread the word and spread news about 
you know, how do we connect with people? Cause that's ultimately feels good to us. And it feels I'm preaching here and feels good. To, I mean, that, that, that connection is in a, a large part, what life's about. Yeah. And, and you're, you're, you're right on. I mean, one, we did research pre COVID post COVID people's stress levels, what was helping them. And one of the key factors that helped that differentiated the people that were doing well emotionally and not was staying connected at a personal mm -hmm. level with their colleagues. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of a key issue about turnover. Now, I mean, I just was asked by the American Bar Association to write an article about staff retention. And a key mm -hmm. part of that is for people to be connected. And it's not about communicating about tasks, but it's sharing a little bit about your life. I mean, what you do this weekend, what are your mm -hmm. kids doing, right. and then following up with that. Because relationships create bonds and make us more sticky. So people that are connected are more likely to stay than, than if they don't. And, and right. so fortunately I've had the privilege of being able to create a resource and some structure to help people learn about one another. Cause the kind of conversations you don't just sort of willy nilly have right. over lunch or whatever, but it, it, it's, it's, it's fun for people to uh, see and have fun uh, together doing it. Yep. Amazing. Well, Dr. Paul White, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We appreciate your time. And again, thank you for, for doing the work you're doing. Um, you know, we just need to see more and more of it, right? That's do the, do the good deeds, as they say. So, there you go. Cool. Well, thank well, you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yep. it. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E vibe, dot com. Thank you for listening. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.